0: Amen. Somebody said, Praise the Lord. Lord. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. Amen. Let's stand and go right into the word of the Lord tonight. Turning to Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter number 16, verse 24. 16 and 24, amen. When you have it, say amen. It's up on the screen if you don't. Simply says this, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, somebody say after, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Somebody say follow me rest of that chapter is so powerful, I encourage you to read it on your own time. But he says, follow me. More than a dozen times in the Gospels, Jesus gives the command, follow me. Two simple words, yet so profound, deity inviting humanity to follow me. Creator inviting creation, follow me. Quickly, three additional verses snippets from the book of Revelation chapter 1 starting with verse 8 the words of Jesus red letters in your Bible I am Alpha and Omega the beginning and the ending saith the Lord which is and which was and which is to come the Almighty verse 11 saying I am Alpha and Omega the first somebody say the first and the last. Somebody say the last. And again, verse 17, the same statement is made by Jesus after John said, I saw him and fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me saying unto me, fear not. Somebody say "Fear fear not. I am the first and I am the last. Notice he's both first and last. It's repeated again and again through the book of Revelation, chapter 2, chapter 21, chapter 22. I am the first. I am the last. I am Alpha and Omega. Now quickly, Psalm 139 and verse 5 in the NLT simply says it this way. You go before me and follow me. Somebody say, you go before me and you follow me. Wait a minute, who's following who? Thirteen times he said, follow me. I am the first, I am Alpha, I am the author, I am the beginning. But he also lets us know, I am following you. I am last, I am Omega, I am the finisher and the ending. Thank you, Jesus, that we are following the leader that is taking us to the promised land, but at the same time, he's pulling up the rear guard and saying, I'm following you, family, you can make it, sister, you can make it, brother, you can make it to heaven. And if we're following him, then he's first in our life. The one that you follow is in the lead position, he's first. And this evening, I just want to quickly peel back a layer and highlight the importance of God's position in our life. God's position in our life. I'm just going to title it, First Things First. First Things First. Brother Playle. would you pray for the remainder of this service tonight? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for being faithful to the house of God on the night of bear-baiting season. Amen. Congratulations to the winners of the visitor contest. Again, that's awesome. My goodness, I look back, I actually asked my wife, I said, did the Carlisles win or did the Toms win? Because they both had a couple rows filled up, and that was just phenomenal. Now we know the answer. They both won speaking of winning most people want to be first in life they want to win it's the goal being first is the goal in most things in life i'll admit it i hate to lose i don't even like being in second place can't stand playing a board game brother robbie and not winning I've got to remind myself of this every time I play against my kids. Sometimes winning is not crushing the four-year-old at a game of sorry. (laughs) But I've got this thing in me, I want to win, Brother Marshall. I want to win, and sometimes um, competition is just fine, and we like to win. You might find this simple-minded tonight, but... I think one of the awesome things about God is that he always wins. He's never had a battle that he has lost. There's nothing second rate or second place about our God, Brother Christopher. In fact, he wins all the time, every time. And in this passage in Revelation, there are three different verses that say about Jesus I am Alpha and Omega, I am first. And I am last I believe that the Bible is absolutely perfect and it has no errors therefore when it repeats itself it is being redundant on purpose and anytime that God himself is repeating himself we would do well to take notice and say what is Jesus saying here he said I am first I am Alpha In fact, we find out that God is first in the very first verse of our Bible when He says in Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God. Think about it. In the beginning. What beginning? The beginning. The very first beginning. The beginning of everything that we know. The beginning of the world and time and humanity. Think about it with me. This world and this universe did not exist. He created it all. Time did not exist. He created the concept of time when He separated the light from the dark and sent us into orbit around the sun. Before anything, God. In the beginning, God. It's hard for my human mind To even comprehend that God was before the beginning. He created the beginning. And and again, maybe this is just my simple mind tonight, but it gets even more powerful for me when I think that the one who created the beginning also created the ending. He created the very beginning and he created the very ending of our story. And if that doesn't give me hope in this messed up world tonight, I don't know what will. Isaiah 46.10 said that he declares the end from the beginning. God does that. God declares the end from the beginning. Not a politician, not the government, not a pandemic, not the economy, no king, no legislature. God Almighty declares the end from the beginning because He is first tonight. He always was first, He'll always be first. Guess what? He'll be last. All through the Bible, we see that He is the first and the last. Isaiah 44, 6, if you will. God said, I am the first. I am the last. And beside me, nobody else is first. And nobody else is last. Verse 7, and who, as I, shall call and shall declare it. And set it in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people and i appointed the things that are coming and shall come let them show unto them and then he says fear not fear not somebody say fear not we need to get a fresh revival of fear not in our souls (laughs) fear not neither be afraid have i not told thee from that time and have i declared it ye are even my witnesses Is there anyone beside me is there anyone else that's first and last yeah there is no God I know not any says the Lord I'm the first and I'm the last beside me there is no God who else is going to declare it he's saying I alone declare the beginning and I alone declare the ending fear not fear not. God said, I alone am God. I alone am God and beside me there is no other. Songwriter said, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Take this whole world, but give me the first and the last. In the beginning, God, when we understand that God is first, we understand that he's Alpha and Omega. Omega. Beginning and the end, the author and the finisher of our faith. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Brings a new meaning to the concept, follow me. Follow me. Hear this preacher tonight. The very safest place that you can be in this chaotic world right now is to be in lockstep right behind God Almighty. I said the very safest place that you can be in this world right now is to be in lockstep right behind God Almighty. To be following God, to have Him as first as supreme in your life. I'm not talking about the lip service that we do during prayer or when we come down to this altar and we say, oh God, I put you first. That's a good acknowledgement and we need to do that. I'm talking about putting him first in each and every part of my and your life. When God says, follow me, he's saying, put me first in every part of your life. I am God and I am a jealous God. He started the Ten Commandments. Pastor Herring letting us know, don't have any other God before me. Nobody can be first in your life. Nobody can be last but me. Nothing, nada, no one but God himself. We Pentecostals are professional at putting God first at church. Oh, we come faithfully. Thank you for being faithful. We worship at the right times. Thank you for doing that. We pray at the right times. Thank you for praying at the right time. We need more of that. We respond to the altar at the right time. Thank you for responding to the altar at the right time. We need to do that more. And that's the way that it should be. But we get to the point where we're professionals at that. But hear me, I can't have a relationship with God on Sunday and put Him second to to everything else on Monday. That's not how relationships work. I can't have a relationship with him here tonight on Wednesday and then put him second to my priorities on Thursday. He's got to come first in each and every aspect of my life. In my home, he's got to be first. In my marriage, he's got to be first. In my job, he's got to be first. In my finances and in my hobbies, when I go to the bear bait, he's got to go with me. My family and my time, seek ye first the kingdom of God. When Jesus says, follow me, he's saying, you, child of God, you have to yield to me being first. Let me go before you. Let me lead you. The older I get, Pastor, the more I realize I've got to stop telling God how to fit into my life. I've got to stop. I've been telling Him far too long how to fit into my life. And I've got to figure out how do I fit into His will? How do I fit into His will? Stop trying to put him in a box and confine him in this compartment and say, Lord, I want to fit my life, every part of it, into you. But here's the secret. In my heart and in each and every part of my life, he only becomes first when I let him be first in my life. He doesn't force his way into the first position. It's not the type of God that he is. He desires for us to say, God, I want you first in every part of my life. That's why it's an invitation 13 times. Follow me. Follow me. He didn't say, Peter, Andrew, James, John, get up here right now and follow me. Said, come on, guys, follow me. I've got something better for you. I've got a better life for you. There's a better way than what you're going through. You don't have to struggle with the same things anymore. Follow. Follow me. America desperately needs a revival of putting Jesus first in our lives. Our nation doesn't even want to acknowledge him anymore. But I've got news for the nation very soon. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. Isaiah, Philippians, Romans 14, 11. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue will confess. When Jesus invites us to follow him, he says, let me lead the way. When I let him lead the way, he can direct my path. can do for me things that I cannot do for myself brother Justin and that's where this concept becomes difficult for you and I it's difficult because we like to compartmentalize our lives it's our human nature to compartmentalize everything we have time slots for everything this is my breakfast time this is my work time my lunch, my dinner time, my family time, re- my relaxation time, my bedtime, my fishing time, my hunting time, my weekend time, my play time, my prayer time, my evening time, my reading time, my church time. And all of these things are compartmentalized. It's the point that we generally don't mix. You want to see me blow a gasket, Brother Carlos? Take me down somewhere fishing. And during my fishing time, bring up a problem about my work. I'm not on work time right now. I'm on fishing time. I don't want to think about the worries of this life. I want to catch a salmon legally in the lip. That's all I'm trying to do. I don't want to talk about work. It's a different, different time, Brother Tostin. It's a different time we've got it compartmentalized and <laughs> turn that phone off how many vote that pastor should turn his phone off during bear hunting time but hear me so you don't misunderstand me the problem is not that we shouldn't have family time that's good problem isn't that we shouldn't have hunting and fishing time. That's great. Man, this world is crazy. I need to get, I need to unwind sometimes and unplug and de-stress. Just let this world pass by. But the problem is that we take such complete ownership of these compartments that oftentimes we don't let God into Each and every part of my life. Each and every part of my life. That part, yes. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Every single part of it. Fact of the matter is, I need them in my family time. I've got four precious kids who are going to have to find their way through life. And I need them to know, put God first. Put God first. Put God first, brother. <laughs> call and I need him with me on the job. Not because I'm not tough and I can't make it. I'm tough and I can get through anything, brother Trace. But guess what? When I'm leading instead of him, I go through the day and it wears me down. And then you know who pays the price? My precious family. Because when I'm done, leave Dad alone for a little bit. He just needs to relax. He just, just, ah. Not now. No. They pay the price because I didn't let God into that compartment and let him strengthen me throughout the day. (laughs) With Carlos, I've gotten to the point, I don't even want to go fishing without him. I just, I want God's presence there. I want to think about his splendor and his majesty, this creation swimming upstream after years of being out in the ocean. Not only do I need him in each and every part of my life, the simple fact of the matter is I found out, I found out that any area of my life that I let him in, he improves. Literally any area that I let him in, he improves. And it should be our prayer. God, I want you with me each and every moment of each and every day. I want you with me on the job, when I'm driving to the job. God, I want, with, I want you with me when, when I'm with my family, when I'm going down the road, when I'm paying the bills, when I'm doing my hobbies. I need you with me everywhere. David said, I'm going to read the rest of Psalm 139, this time the KJV. He said, Oh Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sitting, my uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compasseth my path, my lying down. You're acquainted with all of my ways. There's not a word of my tongue, but Lord, you hear it. Uh Uh-oh. He hears it all. Thou hast beset me behind and before. Laid your hand upon me. It should be our prayer tonight. I want God with me. When I lay down, David said, When I rise up, when I'm going to and fro, when I'm thinking, when I'm speaking, I want him with me. The hard part of it is, is that this requires me relinquishing control, Brother Seth. I have to relinquish control of those things that I know that I can't control. And we as humans like to control things. Human nature says, I can fix it, just give me some time. Pride says, I don't need anybody to help me with that. Our emotions get the best of us, and we're just swinging trying to overcome. We're just swinging at the air. Why is it that our human nature wants to fix everything on our own? Why is it that our human nature wants to work through every part of my life on my own? And then when something doesn't work out, then I run to the altar and say, God, would you fix it? And I had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to invite him in to be first. That's what God desires tonight. That we open the door to each and every compartment. Sin, open that door. God, I invite you in. First of all, forgive me. Forgive me of that addiction. Forgive me of that sin. Sin. Forgive me of that wrongdoing, that thought, that word, David said. Forgive me of that, Lord. Cleanse my mind, cleanse my heart, cleanse my mouth, God. And we relinquish that to him. We invite him in, though. When we get real enough with God to be honest with him, I mean be honest with him. See, you can fool yourself. You can fool your spouse, your family. You can fool your pastor. He wants to think the very best of you. He does. And he does. But you can't fool God. That's between you and him. And you've got to get honest with him and say, God, I invite you in to work in my life. I invite you in to work in my heart. Tonight, I hope you will take this to heart because I'm trying to lift our vision by telling you that on a regular basis, in our personal lives brother trace, we need to take inventory. Just like they do at a store, they take inventory of what they have. They take inventory of what they don't have. Inventory of what they have tells them what they need more of. Or inventory of what they don't have tells them what they need more of. Inventory of what they have. Sometimes they're looking through, they're going, wow, that's out of date. Or that's not good anymore. We need to get rid of that out of the store. So it's, it's what we need more of and what we need less of. Anybody ever clean out your pantry? And you start looking at some of the dates. <laughs> You're going, 2017. We almost ate that. <laughs> Anybody ever clean out your fridge and go, we've been using that ketchup for a full year. <laughs> Tasted fine. <laughs> It sure tasted fine. I, but the second you see that date, you're going, oh, we can't eat this. We're probably going to get sick. You know? Probably not. They just want you to go buy another bottle. But God desires us to look through our shelves of our life, through the pantry of our life. Take inventory. What do I need in here? What are some things that I should get rid of. Take regular inventory. Get real with God. Get real with God for the next few minutes tonight and just say, God, I'm not putting on a show for anybody because this isn't anybody's business but me and you. I just want to make sure that I've got a good understanding of where I am with you. I want to make sure I've got a good understanding. Have I put you first in the right places, in the right times in my life? Are you first in every area? Or do I keep trying to take the lead position? That's a daily fight, I guarantee it. It's a daily fight. Let me quickly give you an inventory list to go by. Look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, 13 and 5, examine yourselves, take inventory. Whether you be in faith, prove your own self. This world doesn't like this verse. (laughs) Examine yourself before you start looking at everybody else's problems. Prove your own selves know ye not your own selves how the jesus christ is in you except ye be a reprobate here are some things to take regular inventory in case you're looking for some ideas first your relationship with god is he first in my life just between you and god i'm not talking about show. I'm not talking about what does anybody else think about me. I'm talking about between you and God. Is He first in my life? Do I put His relationship, my relationship with Him first? Am I growing in Him? Is spiritual growth evident in my life? Second, take inventory of your relationships with others. Just like the store. Are there Are there relationships that I shouldn't have in my life? Are there relationships I need more of? Am I fighting for the salvation of my family, my friends? Take inventory of your decision-making. Am I asking God about His plan for my life? Or just forging on ahead, doing my own thing? Do I pray, God, You lead God, you be first. God, you direct my steps and help me to make sound decisions that honor you. Is he first in your time? Your time. Am I giving enough time to the Lord? Prayer time? Reading time? Fasting time? Church time? Am I giving enough time to the Lord? How about my habits? Good thing to take inventory of. Am I participating in some habit that goes against what God would want in my life and is displeasing to Him? If so, what steps am I currently uh, taking to overcome that habit? Be honest with God. This isn't about anybody else. It's between you and Him. He knows what we do in secret, and He wants to help you overcome that habit. Next, take inventory of my finances. Am I glorifying God by properly accounting and allocating my tithes and offering and opening up the the opportunity for God to bless me by giving Him my first fruits? First. He's first. And last but not least, my spirit. Is my attitude right? Do I have bitterness and unforgiveness, angst, worry that I shouldn't have? Is my mind renewed on a regular basis? Are my attitudes what they should be? Simply take inventory. That sounds like a pretty simple message tonight, Brother Wes. I get it. But you know what? The older I get, the more practical I like my preaching, Pastor Aaron. I just want to know, is there, is there something that I can grab onto to help me? It closer to God I'm not here to impress you tonight I'm here to say this world is not going to get any better before it ends and the next time a wave crashes on your shore what I've just highlighted for you for the last 30 minutes is the foundation that will keep you from crashing with that wave put him first put him first put him first put We're following him, and he is following us. Would you stand tonight? Hallelujah, Jesus.